Chapter Twenty Four of the Submarine Boys for the Flag. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. The Submarine Boys for the Flag by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Twenty Four. Their Lives Deeded to the Flag. Secretary Saunders, Secretary of the Navy, looked up at the three young men who stood in line at the right-hand side of his desk. It was two days later, two days after during which Jack, Hal, and Epp had had little to do except roam about Washington and see all the sights of the nation's capital. This they had varied by dropping in at the United Service Club. Gentlemen, remarked the Secretary of the Navy, you have not yet been relieved of your detail to the gunboat Sudbury. It's coming now, though each of the three boys to himself with a great wave of dismay. We're no longer to be in the Navy. I will give instructions at once, continued Secretary Saunders, to have orders issued relieving you from that duty. Yes, it has come, muttered Jack drearily to himself. Our service with the Navy is over. Gentlemen, and now for a few seconds the voice of the Secretary seemed far away indeed. I am all sensible of all you have done for your country, and above all, of the zeal you have shown. Besides, I have in mind that fact that you have made yourselves among the most expert of all handlers of submarine torpedo boats. If it can be arranged, I wish to keep all three of you actively in the United States Navy. Jack Benson looked up with a gasp. His comrades were not less astounded. I am aware, Mr. Saunders went on, that we could not expect you to enlist as mere apprentices. In your own particular field of submarine work, you are amply fitted to hold officers' commissions. Yet, under the law, you cannot be granted commissions until you are twenty-one years of age. None of you are quite eighteen. Therefore, it has occurred to me that we can be appointed specially with rank, command, and pay until you are twenty-one. The President agrees with me in what I have to offer. You, Mr. Benson, offered a special appointment as lieutenant, junior grade, in the United States Navy. You, Mr. Hastings, and you, Mr. Summers, are offered special appointments as ensigns. You will have all the privilege of your ranks except the actual commission. You will be actual officers and entitled to full respect. Moreover, the President promises that when you are twenty-one years of age, you shall have regular commissions promptly. In case the President is not re-elected to his office, he agrees to urge upon his successor in the White House the fulfillment of the promise. So if you accept the special appointments now, you are absolutely certain of commissions as soon as you reach the age of twenty-one. Perhaps it is only just to add that we are all aware that all three of you have already been offered commissions in foreign navies and that you have all refused. Both the President and myself appreciate your loyalty to your own flag. Now, what do you young gentlemen say to accepting special appointments to run until you are each twenty-one? Mr. Secretary is the brightest one of the greatest dreams of all of us, Jack Benson replied hoarsely. There's just one thing that could hold us back. We really feel an honor bound to Mr. Farnham and Mr. Pollard to stand by their interests. Uh, they have been our best friends. What do you say to that, Mr. Farnum? inquired the secretary. From behind a screen stepped Jacob Farnum, 
the Dunhaven shipbuilder. Why, see here, boys, began Farnham, a broad smile on his face. I received a long wire from Mr. Saunders yesterday. David Pollard and I talked things over, and we decided that the Pollard boat is now an assured success. You put the boats where we can now build and run them without you. You're more needed in the Navy, boys. Now Dave and I both urge you to go where you know your hearts are, into the Navy. And you will go with our best wishes. The government needs you now to handle the boats that we build up at Dunhaven and to train war crews for those boats. There's only one objection to your entering the Navy, boys. You will have to pass upon our boats. We know you will do that honestly and fearlessly, yet there are many who would sneer at having boats passed on for the government by young officers who hold stock in our concern. Now the amount of stock that each of you holds has been growing steadily with each new success that you have won for us, which if you entered the Navy you should not own. So Dave and I offer you $10,000 each for the shares that you hold. It's a fair valuation. I know it is if you offered it, Mr. Farnham, Jack Benson replied with a feeling. Then you'll accept and take your very heart's wish, the Navy, all of you, asked Mr. Farnham. I accept both your offer, Mr. Farnham, and the greater offer of the Secretary of the Navy, replied Jack, his eyes becoming misty. I accept, murmured Hal. So do I, from Epp. And sir, declared Jacob Farnham, turning to the Secretary of the Navy, the flag is richer by these three magnificent young fellows. Here we must leave the submarine boys for the present, for these events happened hardly later than yesterday, and there are no new adventures yet to chronicle. Donald Graves, or Millard, received a severe sentence in the penitentiary. He is still serving the sentence, of course. Gray, his accomplice, who attempted to spirit the drawings outside the United States, is now likewise serving the term. The trial was a swift, nearly secret one. Daisy Houston was not dragged into the case at all. In one respect, the trial failed. Neither culprit could be forced to tell which foreign government the dastardly work had been attempted. The Spitfire returned to Dunhaven and was later sold to the governor with several other boats. Williamson became the new Pollard captain. Several foreign governments were deeply disappointed over not being able to secure the services of the submarine boy. But Jack, Hal, and Epp could be happy nowhere except under their own flag. They are now accepted most cordially by all their brother officers, young and old, in the United States Navy. For the most part so far, the duties of our young officers have been aboard the different boats purchased from the Pollard Company. Yet for the sake of practice and change, they have been at times detailed aboard other classes of craft in the Navy. We shall now encounter our young acting naval officers in one of their new fields of special work in the next volume of the series, which is published under the title The Submarine Boys and the Smugglers, or Breaking Up the New Jersey Customs Fraud. Here we shall find out our talented lads engaged in doing some of their finest work for Uncle Sam's government, and under circumstances that will delight every reader. End of chapter 24 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan End of the Submarine Boys for the Flag by Victor G. Durham